Welcome Diverse City Church. Welcome to all of you on Facebook Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our Sunday service. I am Pastor Virginia and I am here to kick off an amazing Holy Ghost filled service. The scripture says that this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice in it. So right now, wherever you are, just get hallelujah in your spirit. Get to the point where you want to abandon everything and just have a reckless, intimate, loving worship time with God our Father. Go ahead and extend your hands and say, Lord, I love you. I worship you. There is no one greater than you. Father God, I pray your spirit will come down and meet us right now, right where we are that you would fill up our homes, that you would fill up our cars if we're at work, whatever it is that we're doing. Lord God, consume us. Lord God, I pray that you would be with us. Help the word, Lord God, to manifest in our hearts. Reach out to us, Lord God, through our televisions and our devices in the name of Jesus. Lord God, touch Pastor James and help him to bring a fire, a Holy Ghost fire with the word that he has bringing forth. Lord God, you are worthy of all the honor and the praise and there is no one that is better than you. There is no one that is greater than you. Come on guys, let's get this in our spirit. Let's tell the world that Jesus lives. Let's tell the world that the, that the church is stronger now more than ever that Lord, we need you, that you are worthy, and that as we are separated from our body, you are still with us in the spirit. God, have your mercy and your grace over everyone who needs you right now. And as we prepare for the praise team to come, let's just continue to lift our hands and worship our Father God in heaven. It's in Jesus' name we believe for these things. Amen. Come on, diversity. Let's get to your feet and worship. Amen.
to Diversity Church, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our diversity partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. Please don't forget to like, share, and ask questions. We are so honored that you picked us for your worship experience this morning. Well, at Diversity, we believe that no matter your background, color of your skin, what you've been through in the past, or even your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home on your couch, in your car, on your phone, it doesn't matter. So we have all gathered together to give who God the glory, honor, and praise, for He deserves it. Amen? At this time, I'd like to make you aware of some very important announcements. Well, we're going to start out this week with something big. Pastor has challenged us and called a church-wide corporate fast. And it starts Monday, October the 5th through October the 7th, which is a Wednesday. And he is asking us to pick three things to pray for and fast about during this time. So I'm going to challenge you to put away food, put away social media for three days and let's just grow and push and, and just get into prayer and let's go before the Lord and fast and ask and seek him for what he's telling us during this time. I am so excited. I can't wait. Well, Tuesday, all of our kids have their prayer call. The call starts at 7 p.m. So all my kids join us 7 p.m. for a wonderful time of laughter, learning scripture, learning the word of God, doing show and tell, just enjoying each other. So kids, don't forget, wear your PJs, bring a sleep buddy, a toy for show and tell, and we will see you there. Wednesday, all of my salt, that's our senior ministry, they meeting at 2.15 this Wednesday for prayer. Our church needs prayer, prayer, our nation needs prayer, and what a more perfect time than to do this while on a fast. So I'm calling all of our seniors to join our salt ministry on Wednesday, 2.15. Wednesday night, all of our youth ministry, AYN, is going to meet for Bible study at 7 p.m. They're going to study the Word of God and just dive into what God has for our youth. Then we're going to be right back here Thursday night, 7 p.m. for prayer. I want to see you on Zoom, Facebook Live. We're just going to bring our nation to the forefront in prayer, bring our communities, bring diverse city, our church family, everyone affected. Come on, we need to join together in prayer, fasting, and this is the perfect time for you to come out Thursday night, 7 p.m., and just join us as we go to the Lord in prayer. I can't wait. I am so excited to just see what God is going to do during this time. Then we're going to be right back here on Sunday morning for our virtual service. Starting at 10.30, Pastor is jumping into a new series. I am so excited. I can't wait. I'm so excited to hear the word. I'm hungry and ready to be fed. So come ready. I want to see you online, ready to go, throwing up some hearts, some likes, share, share with your friends and family. Let's get the word out. Let's get the word of God to as many people as we can. So I can't wait to see you Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live, on um, 
YouTube, and on our church page so we can have a wonderful time just hearing the Word of God together. Well, that is all that I have for you. Now it's time to just get back into the presence of God without giving. So let's join together as we go into our next segment. Good morning, diversity and guests. Thank you for joining us again as we prepare our hearts and minds uh, to give. I just want to bring up a couple things. As you can see, I'm sitting here at my desk in my office and you know, I can't help but to think that a lot of things have changed. I had surgery on my foot, as everybody knows. Um, and because of that, I do a lot of time here in my office, just sitting while everybody else is out doing their normal duty. And it's easy to get sidetracked in those times when things are different, things are altered. It's easy to think that, you know, it's just, it's just bad, it's boring. When are things going to uh, go back to being the same? When are we going to get back to, to normal living? And it's obviously the same thing as what's going on in our, our world, our city, our country today. We're up against a lot of changes. Uh, you're meeting me virtual today as a testament of that. And I want to encourage you that even though things are different and things are uh, not as usual as they should seem, God is still in control. We may be faced up against a little bit of adversity, but just like uh, in the message last week, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, and they held their faith. They said, you know what? I serve a God that is able, that is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, I still am going to be faithful. Saints, I encourage you today that even if that check doesn't come in the mail, even if you may not have as much money as you want, it's important to be faithful and to continue to give. Because it's giving of ourselves and the things that we get when God sees our faithfulness, he sees our heart, and he continues to bless. Amen. You can text the word give to 73256. Uh, that's our text line to where you can give that way if you have a, a cell phone, you're tech savvy. Or you can go on your phone or computer to the church website, diversity.church. You can scroll down to the donate tab You can click on that. It'll take you to a link to give. Or you can always give uh, by mailing it into 3201 Itasca Street. Either way, we still need your help and we still need your support. It's important right now that we don't get lean and we don't um, forget that God is still in control of everything. God is in control of everything. Okay? So be encouraged, guys. I love you. I can't wait to see you again. Be blessed. As we jump back into praise and worship, continue to enjoy the rest of the service.
Good morning, good morning, Denver City Church. We are in the house of the Lord today. We're coming to your couches. We're coming to your chairs. We're coming right into your home. This is time for us to get ready in the word. If you could, first of all, hold up before we get there. Let's address the elephant in the middle of the room. Yes, I am wearing overalls. Yes, it is out of season. However, I hope that it can give an extra boost, an extra visual for you to be able to understand the message. So Pastor Virginia, Kevin, please, no pictures of this going in pastor appreciation, no keepsake of what I look like in overalls. Matter of fact, this may be a good picture to take at this size because the next time you see me in person, in the name of Jesus, I am dropping lower. Hallelujah. Anyway, I am excited to get into the word. We are starting a brand new series. Here's our hallmark themed verse. If you could stand to your feet wherever you are and locate Galatians chapter five. And we're going to read from the new international version. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Galatians chapter five. And we are going to read from the new international version. If you got it, put I got it in the comments. If you're ready for the word, put I'm ready in the comments. This is your last opportunity. Let's make sure we do some likes. Let's do some shares. Let's put some praying hands, start a watch party. I am confident and I am convinced that God is getting ready to speak a word into your life. So here we are. One, two, three, ready, read. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word. We thank you, Lord, that the church is not a building, but the church is your people. Your word can cut through. It's like a sword that cuts coming in and cuts coming out. Lord, I pray that your people are able to receive what thus saith the Lord, that their lives will be changed, that they'll receive hope and they'll receive transformation to be more like you, that we choose today to apply your principles, that as we leave on Monday, on Tuesday and Wednesday, that we deny ourselves, that we pick up our cross and that we follow you. We pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for everyone under the sound of my voice, that we choose to step up to the plate, to be challenged to not only to be fans, but to be followers of you. We wanna be disciples. We wanna be the ones that will produce fruit in this season. When challenges arise, I pray in the name of Jesus that Christians will step up to the plate. We thank you in advance for honoring and blessing your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So here we are, new series called Juicy Fruit. Not rotten fruit, not expired fruit, but juicy fruit. Have you, have you ever seen a piece of fruit? Like, it can be organic, I don't care what kind, if you just saw it, and you just wanted to take a bite out of it. So fresh, so nice. Matter of fact, in the comments right now, put what is your favorite fruit? Is it grapes? 
Is it bananas? Look at this slide. Look at the picture. Is it bananas? Is it apples? Is it watermelon? Whatever it is, put your favorite fruit in the comments right now. So as we get rolling, when it comes to juicy fruit, Tony, if you study the totality of the Bible, one of the things that God uses that God desires to describe our own personal experience with him is when Christians produce fruit. Not just any type of fruit, but God's fruit. God's fruit is a juicy fruit. It is a byproduct of our relationship with him. Yes, the Bible tells us that we should be able to taste and see what the Lord, that the Lord is good. When you look at that verse, Pastor Aldean, there is two meanings. Number one, it is our own personal walk with God, that as we have communion with him, as we have fellowship with him, that we're able to taste and see that God is good, that we're able to taste and see that the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want anything else, that nothing else can completely satisfy our hearts, our desires after we taste in the goodness of the Lord. But then there's the second part, that when we follow Christ, that we become productive, that our lifestyle exhibits this type of fruit, that we should be able to walk in the middle of a pandemic, that we can walk in the middle of adversity, and that others will begin to crave, that others will begin to salivate, and the desire to say, you know what? I see how you handle adversity. I see how you're dealing with that problems. How can I get some of that fruit? Do you have juicy fruit in your life? If I could be honest, I have seen over the last three months so many born-again, Bible-quoting, King James toting believers that does not have juicy fruit. They have sour fruit, they got rotten fruit, they have bitter fruit, they have jealous fruit, and it's like, come on now, what are we doing in this season? Tuesday night after the debate, what type of fruit did you share? What type of fruit are you producing? What type of fruit are you casting out for the whole world to see. See, as a pastor, um, it's been a year and a half as senior pastor. It's been over 10 years of doing ministry. The one thing I do not do a lot, I don't like to make a lot of promises from the pulpit because that really, it takes responsibility off of me. It takes responsibility off of you and it's trying to put stuff before God and you got to be sure, you have to be clear, you have to be concise that what he said is going to happen. We hear a lot of conspiracy theories about what's going to go on, is the world about to end, et cetera, et cetera. But I, for the first time today, is making a promise. I promise you, if you stick with us for these nine-week series, you're going to produce fruit. If you stick with us, whether you watch it live or on the replay, you will produce fruit. 
I cannot promise you a job before the end of the year. I cannot promise you a spouse. I cannot promise you a child. I cannot promise you a house. But I can promise you, if you work the word, if you work his principles, if you stay committed, it may, it's not going to be easy. It may require a little change. It may require a little cutting. It may require a little bit of conviction. But if you stay, if you remain, if you stay connected to God, you will produce fruit. And his fruit will remain. His fruit is refreshing to you. It is refreshing to others. And if you stick with him, the results will be exceeding. The results will be abundantly. The results will be above and beyond anything that you can ever imagine, that you can even ask for or even think. So before we get to actually walking through each of the nine juicy fruits, before we can get to the byproduct, Today, we got to have a root inspection. Say it with me, root inspection. So let's go over to John chapter 15. I hate to be biased, but this is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It changed my life, and I believe as we share it and look at it through the lens of juicy fruit, it is going to bless and edify your life. So let's go to John chapter 15, and if you could put it on the screen, let's read verse number one. The Bible says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. There's a lot there. I am the true vine. So now we're in John chapter 15. This is, uh, this is Jesus preparing himself to get ready to go to the cross. We've had our honeymoon phase. You've seen the signs. You've seen the miracles. You've seen the wonders. But now we're at the point where I got to do something. I got to be able to share one of my last words that we can teach. I can give you principles to go to the next level of your life that you're going to be able to create fruit and fruit that will remain that through you, through my 12 disciples, that I can instill in you something so great that 2,020 years from now, they'll still be able to eat off the fruit. So for us to go to the next level, Papa John, you can go back real quick. Go back. For us to go to the next level, He's not asking, God is not interested right now in creating more fans. For us to go to the next level, Jesus is looking for more followers. Jesus knows that time is running short. So as we walk through and look at it, when you hear, I am the true vine, that is semblance that there's other things that you can be connected to. Move on. So, from a historical context, when you hear trees, when you hear vines over and over again, Pastor Drew, the Bible talks about that Israel was the vine. 
However, when you study it and you look at Isaiah chapter 5, the Bible talks about through the vineyard that they were not producing fruit. And then the Bible talks about Jesus having to come back because Israel was not able to keep up with their covenant. Israel was not able to hold down the fort. Israel has failed and Jesus has come to make correction. So when he makes a declaration that I am the true vine. Jesus is saying you don't have to keep the 613 commandments. Matter of fact, he tells us that what do we need to do? Love God first and love our neighbor as ourselves. Stay with me. So as we move on here, point number one, I'll frame it as a question. In 2020, what are you connected to? Jesus says, I am the true vine, which means there are false vines out there. Put in the comments, I'm connected. True vine implies that there are some other things that are trying to connect to you. There are other things that are trying to distract you. There are other things that are trying to throw you off course. So when I look at my phone, I got two phones. Um, some of you would be mad. I have an Android and I have an Apple. Um, there are certain things I like about Android, the processing, uh, Pictures, yep, I said it. Pictures, yes, Apple is better at editing. Yes, Apple is better at security. But one of the things I like about my Apple phone is every Sunday, I get a notification of what I've been doing on my phone. It tells me how much time have I spent on my phone. Even look at this picture on the screen. It tells me how much downtime I had on my phone. It tells me how much time have I been spending on my phone. It tells me what is the most popular app that I'm using this week. The question is, what are you connected to? As you see on the screen, is it only social media with the Bible app actually show up? on your phone as something that you actually read or it's back in the old historical database because you haven't touched it since last Sunday? Will it show that you've been on Facebook 10 to 15 hours a day? Will it show that you've been on YouTube two to three hours per day? Will it show that all of the programs that you have downloaded when God has told you to grind this year and you're just playing games. <clears throat> Juicy fruit. What are you connected to? And what happens is we try to play it off as if it's innocent fun, right? And the enemy, the devil, the Bible tells us in John chapter 8 that the father of lies comes to seek he comes to kill, he comes to destroy, and he'll settle for any connection that makes you don't depend, don't rely, or spend less time on the true vine. Psalms 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You can only make that promise if you connect it to the true vine. 
The Lord is my shepherd. Want. Is it your desire? Is it your passion? Are you seeking the kingdom first and his righteousness? If not, we got a question. What are you connected to? If we go and look at the type of fruit that you're bearing and nobody wants to take a bite, nobody wants to come close to it, everybody sees from a distance that that is rotten fruit, what are you connected to? See, there's at least 10 people in the comments right now. This year has been challenging to you financially. And I'm telling you that God is a provider. God is still a way maker, but you got to stay connected. The word of God tells you that he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. The word of God will tell you that he's a very present help in a time of trouble. And I'm grateful that he's not just the alpha that he starts thing, but he's also the omega. God is not a God of the past. God is not just a God of a present, but he is a God of your future. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that you shall reap. God is a provider. Somebody in the comments right now put, he is my provider. I feel his presence in the room. He is a provider in the pandemic. He is a provider during a crazy political season. He is a provider. If you got a pink slip this year, he will supply your needs. He will make a way where it seems no way. He, when God closes a door, no man can open it. When God opens a door, no man can close it. Let me say that again, because you're depending on a resource. You're depending on a man. You're depending on somebody that can't do it. You're depending on a boss. And God is saying, stay connected to me. I'm all you need. I'm your only source. Say, get connected. Get connected. Get connected. And for some, you have been connected. And the word of the Lord for you is that you need to stay connected. Your eyes are flirting with so many different things and you're doubting God in this season. And I know sometimes it feels like that God is not there, but we serve an on time of God. If you believe that, say amen. So let's go on to verse number two, because it's about to get rough. Put verse number two on the screen. The Bible says he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. The B clause says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Okay, 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 okay. So there's a few things there. When I was studying Charlie, this kind of threw me off. But first, let me just say, verse number two, when you underline it, when you study it, this is, this is all about character. Put character in the comments. Character. So, he said, every branch that does not bear fruit, he cuts it off. So, if God is divine dresser, Jesus is divine, and we are the branches it's worth to digest, it's worth to consider. If I'm living in sin, is he going to cut me off? Is this a matter of internal security? 
Is this a matter of God, wasn't I born into sin? Wasn't I shaped in iniquity? Didn't you know I would mess up? And then I had to take a peek back to the old school, 1867, King James, and look at this verse and study it from the original meaning from the Greek. Check this out. The Bible says when you look at this verse and you actually go to the new King James Version, just looking at the A clause, it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So when you move on, when you look at takes away. In the English language, yes, it means to cut off, but then it's like, what do we do with the prodigal son? What do we do with David? All of the mistakes he made, what do you do with us after all of the mistakes he made? And the Bible says, when you study take away in the Greek, it says it means to raise up or to live. That changes the whole thing. He doesn't cut off but take away in the Greek means to raise up or to live. So when we're a branch and we had a rough season in our life and we're in the dirt doing things that we aren't supposed to do, God is saying that he's not coming to disband you. He's not coming to get rid of you, but he comes to raise you up. He comes to lift you towards the sun because you need more refreshing. You need some nourishment. You need to be brought to life in this season. Mm, that's so good. There are some people right now online in this year you have been down and you're in the dirt and others may have told you that you're a dead branch. And I'm telling you today, <clears throat> just like a good man falls, God is about to raise you up. God is saying, if you just hold on, God has said, if you could just get a little bit more life, you're going to start producing again. You may be down, but you're not out today. I do not care how bad 2020 has been for you. If you're willing to submit your will, if you're willing to submit your purpose to God, everything will change. Somebody put in the comments, say, I am down, but I'm not out. Say it again. I am down, but I'm not out. God is about to raise me. God is about to show me a new thing. God is about to show me how to rise up in this season. There used to be a song called All the Way Up. Nothing could stop me. <laughs> Drew, you like that? All the way up because the very same power that raised Christ from the dead as us being grafted in, God says he will rise you up in this season. I don't care if the first quarter of 2020 was drama, the second quarter of 2020 was confusion, and the third quarter of 2020 felt like hell. But I come to prophesy to your life in the fourth quarter during these last 90 days of the year, you're going to rise up in the name of Jesus. You got to rise up. You got to be willing and obedient so you can eat the good of the lamb. You got to be willing and obedient so you can eat the good of the lamb. Dirt is the unaddressed sins of your life. One reason we don't produce fruit is because we have too much dirt on us. 
The enemy wants to keep us grounded. The enemy wants to keep us down. But God is going to raise you up in this season. God is a God of compassion. God is a God of grace. God is a God that knows that you have issues, that you're going to mess up today, that you're going to mess up tomorrow. But God wants progression, not perfection. Again, God wants progression, not perfection. He wants a heart that's prostrate before him. Your actions may fall, but if we stay connected, God will raise us up. God will allow us to be able to produce juicy fruit in this season. Oh, I'm not done with verse number two. Woo! Okay. I need two hours and 30 minutes. All right. You're at home. Take your medicine. Do what you got to do. I apologize, Kevin. We're going to be okay. So when we go to verse, back to verse number two, we talked about being cut off, but let's look at the B clause. You can put the um, NLT back on the screen. It says, while every branch, this messed me up too, while every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Mm. So that it will be more fruitful. God, I thought if I did well, you'll leave me alone. God, if I did well, I want a pat on the back. But God said, no, it's time to get pruned. What? Good job. Good job. Keep it up. Good job, because now I want to produce humility. And guess what I need to do? Cut off that arrogance and cut off the pride. God, I want to love like you. Okay, let me cut that lust off. God, I want to have the compassion like you. I want to be the good Samaritan. Okay, let me take you through a few seasons of life to show you, just like Job, that you can do all the right things and it's still experience drama. I don't care if you live in a city. I don't care if you live in a county. Whatever it is, you're going to go through a few seasons to show that life will deal and give you bad times and we can have the heart and the spirit like Job and says, yet though he slay me, Yet we will trust him. That is a quote. That is a promise for someone that has been connected. So I don't care what you've been like. I don't care what you've been through. When you go through these experiences, God begins to cut so you can have compassion for the person in the county, just like the same compassion for the person in the city, for the same compassion for the person in the church, and the same compassion that is sleeping on a corner. See, when God prunes you, I know it's hard to believe, but I think this is one lesson that many of us learned this year. Less is more. I know it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't fly in my son's first grade math class, but less is more. Come on, give me a hand up in the comments. If you've experienced this year, in 2019, you had all this stuff. You got all of these things. You had a nice car, nice house. You had a few boo things. And God has said, you want to be like me? 
Do you want to produce fruit that's going to remain? Do you want to produce fruit that's going to last? Less is more. See, when I prune, it's for teaching. It's for growing. It's for training. Pruning. I got to get the sin out of your life. Pruning. I got to help you out a little bit more. Pruning so you can stay committed and have a 2020 focus year. Pruning because I told you in Hebrews 12 to lay aside every weight and you didn't want to let it go, so I got to just help you out. Is it better, Papa John, to have one great marriage or three non-committal relationships? Is it better to have one job that covers everything so you can have work-life balance or to work three jobs to buy things that don't matter that you continue to have to buy over and over again to impress people that really don't care about you. Less is more. Don't get it twisted. Just because it got approved does not mean God co-signed on it. I got some stories there, but the pastor, it's going to be nice today. 2020, less is more. When God starts to prune, he has to cut a few things off because it's stunning your growth. 2020, just like a racer, the less you have, the more you can move, the faster you can grow. Pruning, yes, it's painful. We're not denying that. It may hurt. Discipline hurts. Growth hurts as we make sacrifice. But when God is doing the pruning, it's not for punishment, but it's for him to produce something. Do you want juicy fruit? So here we are. Go ahead and put up verse number three real quick. Verse number three says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Point number three, cleansed. Just a heads up, we're starting to fast tomorrow. Go ahead and get your last supper for lunch and dinner. Cleanse. Verse number three says, again, you're being cleansed by the word I have spoken. The problem, when we look at 2020, there's so much rotten fruit because we ain't reading the word. We're reading the news. We're scrolling. We're looking at notifications and we're trying to figure out in our life, why does my fruit look so rotten, so stank, so smelly. It is because we have to be cleansed by the word of God. If I can be honest, the old pastor, me, during the month of September, I've fertilized some rotten fruit. While I didn't post it online or share it publicly, 
I've felt, I've been disturbed. I've wanted to to do a few things that wasn't of God. And it came to a point where I had to be cleansed, where I had to be bathed in his word to keep my connection. Yes, I'm not happy about it. Yes, it makes me upset sometimes. But if we can be honest and we look at the landscape of Christianity, we can compare those that are doing and producing juicy fruit. However, at an alarming rate, it's becoming an increase over to the full and overflow. We see rotten fruit. We see rotten fruit based on our language, (laughs) not speaking in tongues. We see rotten fruit because of our lifestyle. Don't put anything in the comments, but if someone had to question your Christianity, you may be producing rotten fruit. So for us to be cleansed, it comes from us receiving the power of God. We have to allow his word to begin to take root. We have to put him first. We have to be quick to repent. We have to be quick to say, I'm sorry, unless we end up like Jonah, as we talked about last month. So if you could put this picture on the screen, um, shout out to Pastor Elmer, Pastor Andrews, that he put this post um, on Facebook about a week ago. And I was like, Lord, you are providing. And it's a picture, as you see on the screen, there's two pieces of rotten fruit. And there's about six pieces of fruit that looks juicy. So here's the question. What do you believe happens in this situation? Which one influences the other? Will the juicy fruit take over to influence the rotten fruit? Or does the rotten fruit affect the juicy fruit? Studies show when you look at the life of a gardener, those that oversee wine and plantations and other types of fruit, they will tell you that the rotten fruit, that the mold will spread over from the bad fruit onto the good fruit where the juicy fruit takes on the identity of the rotten fruit. See, that's why you got to be careful of those who are in your circle. I said it again and I'll say it before. Everybody that's in your camp is not in your corner. There are some people that are coming that does not like you. By proximity, they're affecting you. They're trying to pull you away to become a dead branch. You may be in a season right now where you're down, but God is trying to help you. God is coming to throw you a rescue mission to get back and come back to him. And see, when you're a rotten fruit, when you're producing rotten fruit, this is a life of a believer that has been fertilizing sin. How do you fertilize sin? Not repenting. If you, as a believer, let me step on some toes or jump on them. If you're not repenting at least once a day, there's a great chance 
that you're at risk for producing rotten fruit. I know you, I know you did it yesterday. I know you did it last week. I know you're going to get your touch up on Sunday, but you're fertilizing rotten fruit on Monday through Saturday. You cannot take the chance. You cannot go on that loan. God wants you to repent and have a heart after him. I want you to make a commitment. We can't wait to then right now, every day, whether you pick the morning, the evening, or at lunchtime, you got to make a commitment to repent. Repent is how you destroy the negative roots. Repenting is how you remain pure in spirit with a contrite heart before him. When we look at the life of David, he had way more issues than the life of Saul. But the difference between David and the life of Saul, David was quick to repent. Saul fertilized his rotten fruit. And so there are people today, we get comfortable in our relationships, whether it's in marriage and you haven't told your wife or you haven't told your husband that I love you and you want them to hold on to what you said in your anniversary, which was last November. And you're trying to figure out why is there issues in my relationship? It's because you are fertilizing rotten fruit. And it doesn't matter whether I don't care what you want to call it, sin you want to call it iniquity, you want to call it transgression, it's all producing rotten fruit. I don't care if it's the sin of commission when you intentionally try to do me wrong or the sin of omission. That's why I repent every day. I don't try to do wrong, but sometimes I slip up. Paul said the things that we want to do, we struggle with. But the things that we don't want to do, it's like second nature to us. So we have to reject the negative fertilization and begin to get pruned before God. But here's the question, and y'all can get ready to come up on the screen real quick for my demonstration. When it comes to cleansing, it shows and it highlights the importance of the Word of God. When you know the Word of God, Pastor Drew, you can come up. The question is, if you've been cut in 2020, you have to ask yourself, you have to be able to identify who is doing the cutting in your life. Because when God is doing the cutting, It's not to hurt, but it's to prune. There is a specific request. There is a specific need that he wants to handle. He's not doing it sloppy. He's not just cutting. He's taking precision to get off one piece at a time that you're able to continuously grow fruit. And beyond that, while God will cut, and don't go too far, Pastor you can just stand right there. If God does the pruning, then that means the devil has a counterfeit. So when God cuts, he has a specific item that he wants to deal with. He cuts with precision. He cuts with identification. But the devil tries to make a counterfeit. And when he comes to cut, he comes to steal He comes to kill and he comes to destroy. He's not coming to prune. Matter of fact, he's coming with a chainsaw. 
And as you can see, what was the difference here? As you can see, thank you guys. What was the difference there? When Pastor Drew came to cut, he came to just fix our lust, cut the lust out of our life. He came to take out the arrogance. He came to barely cut the pride. But when the devil came to cut, he just wanted to destroy you. Matter of fact, he'll do whatever you can to get you from standing upright and just as Charlie did to knock you on the ground. And when you're on the ground, there's no access to the sun. When you're on the ground, you can't be the light. When you're on the ground, you're stuck in the middle of darkness. So that's why with point number three, you have to be able to uh, identify and understand that you're being cleansed by God. So when someone comes up to cut, you can push and resist the devil with this chainsaw and he will flee. Or you would say, Lord, I give you permission to search me. Cut me as you want, because my desire is to not live a life of no fruit. My desire is to not to live a life of some fruit. But you said I can have much fruit. My fruit will remain. My fruit will outlast my life to bring legacy and change to my third and fourth generations. Amen. Verse number four. It's getting gooder and gooder and gooder. Yep. I'm sorry, Stephanie, I know it's not like good English, but it just feels better. So excuse my Ebonics. I'm wearing overall, so don't judge me. Anyway, verse number four, remain in me. Mm, I'm going to say that again. Put that on the screen. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He said, y'all still don't get it yet. You got to stay connected. You got to be cleansed. But point number three, you got to be committed. It's a day Today, commitment. God said he'll be your daily bread, but we can reject it. We can go find other things. We can take French toast. We can take our pancakes. We can take cinnamon rolls. And God wants to provide daily bread. You can't do it without him. You're incapable. We're unstable. We will fall down. We will mess up. We will have issues. And it sounds and it tastes good coming in. But what we produce, becomes rotten fruit unless we remain in him. Commitment. Point number three, are you committed? Put commit in the comments. Commitment every day. Commitment. Committed. When you're committed, you're not looking for the easy route. When you're committed, you're willing to do the right thing. I don't care what sports you sit, play. I don't care whatever you want to be intentional about to go above and beyond the call of duty to be great. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take basic training. It's going to take preseason. If you want to perform, if you want to experience juicy fruit in your life. Matter of fact, if you just think about it, if you're in the middle of a mountain, when you want to grow in Christ, it's an upward climb. 
it's going to take more work. It's going to take more effort. It's easier to go down. It takes less effort. And at the bottom, there's so many people that are not willing to take the path when you want to grow in God. If it's not even like climbing a mountain, it's an upward string. You're moving against the current because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So you're going to do things a little bit different. You're going to jive a little bit different. When people want to react and chase happiness, you say, you know what? I want the fruit of joy. I want the fruit of the spirit. I want peace. I want love. I want fruit that will remain and it will take work. But if you stay connected, if you're willing to get cleansed, if you're willing to get commitment, juicy fruit is on the way. The Bible says in first uh, Colossians chapter one, go ahead and locate that Colossians chapter one, verse 10. I'm going to share it today and I'm sure over the next 10 weeks, you're going to hear it again. The Bible says, put this on the screen. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, and I like this part, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. That is available for us when we're willing to stay connected to him. When we remain, when we stay steadfast and we stay obedient. And again, maybe the most I've actually had to peel from the King James. When you look at this verse in the King James, and you can put that on the screen. I just really want to talk about the first word and we can move on. Abide in me. See, some of us didn't get the full remain, but abide may be a little bit better. Abide means to live. Abide means to continue. Abide means to remain steadfast in Christ. When you study the word abide, check this out. This is very interesting. It says to stay. It says to hang out. And it says to remain in a place for a long time. So that means when it gets hard, that means when, it get, when you get in trouble, will you still abide? Will you continue to stay? When you abide, it's more than a Sunday thing. When you abide, there is a relationship. When you abide, guess what? It doesn't always take physical presence. When you abide as a husband to his wife, you stay connected because you're on the phone talking you're texting, you're sending pictures, whatever it is, because you're abiding. There's a desire. I want to know what's on your mind. You want to know what's on my mind. There's a connection. There's a conversation. We're continuing to flow together no matter what, whether through proximity and we can hang out side by side, or if you're on the other side of the town, I know how to reach you. I know what you like because I've been spending time with you and I am committed to you. This is not a contract, but this is a covenant with the almighty God. See, when you abide, it influences your decisions. When you abide, you are considerate of when I do this, is it pleasing to God? 
when I'm stuck between two decisions, you will actually say, what would Jesus do during this time? When you abide in a year like this, God wants you to stay connected with your marriage, stay connected in your business, stay connected in school, to not give up, do not grow weary and well-doing. You are going to reap if you faint not. Verse number five. If you didn't get verse number four, he gives it to you again. Verse number five. I am the vine. And you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, uh oh, you will bear not some, not little, not no, but much fruit is available. But look at this last part it says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. What? What are you trying to say? Apart from God. The things that we do won't remain. Apart from God, the things that we do doesn't hold value. Apart from God, the things that we buy, we try to invest in, it is going to depreciate. But when you invest and stay committed to God, it will appreciate and value. You will look back and say, look what the Lord has done. He has kept me. He has brought me from a mighty long way. We need God in America. We need God in this church. We need God of this world. So apart from him, if we cannot do anything, can we take a moment to self-examine ourselves? Who can eat off your life? Who can eat off your life? If I had to follow you for a week, will I get some juicy fruit? If I had to stay with you and we put a hidden camera on you, will your actions and your ways demonstrate that you are a follower of Christ? Who can eat off your life? See, fruit is not, fruit is not for me. The fruit I produce is for you. The fruit you produce is for others. And what happens with rotten fruit, what we like to do, we like to eat our own fruit. That, that's going to hit you Tuesday. When you produce juicy fruit, the fruit is not for you. It is for others. But when we, be, when we become rotten fruit, that is when we become self-absorbed, when we become arrogant, and we begin to eat and decompose ourselves. See, the church at large, we're hurting today because nobody is bearing juicy fruit. Church is great on Sunday. Hallelujah. Praise to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It is awesome. But if you want to produce juicy fruit, it happens on Monday through Saturday. It happens when you're in the community. It happens when you leave outside the walls. This is your place just to get filled up. This is your place to get some fertilization. This is your place to get bathed in water. This is your place to get encouragement. But to get juicy fruit... We visit on Sunday, but we abide through the week. 
when we are abiding, it's planned or unplanned, structured or unstructured, but we're committed to God. And the issue with 2020, we want microwave Christianity and God is all about his crock pot. It's going to take some time. Matter of fact, I'm a good eater. I love to eat all the time. But can we be honest? There is a difference between food that came out the oven versus food out the microwave. Studies will tell you and show you out the oven, the food stays hot for so much longer, Papa John. Man, I nuke my food up for two minutes in the microwave. I come back in five minutes and it's cold. And that's what happens if we only rely on what we get on Sunday. We come, we do our best, we pray, we fast, we prepare, we do all of the things to get you right, to get you going. But if you're not nurturing, if you're not abiding, if you're not cultivating that fruit, you're not going to have a crockpot experience. By the time it's time for you to be hot, to make a change, to make a difference in people's lives, you're going to be cold again. And then you get exposed. And then you know you love God, but you're like, yo, I feel like a dead branch. Where's the fruit in my life? Where am, am I going to be prosperous? I'm tired of reading about his promises. I want to experience them. But we have to connect to the vine. Let's go through verse 6 through 8 real quick. If you are learning something today, put in the comments, juicy fruit. If you're in the congregation today, if you're learning something, say juicy fruit. All right, here we go. Verse number six. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it withers like you're on the ground. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and they are burnt. Verse number seven. We got a row because I think I'm at time. If you remain in me and my words. So he talked about actions, he talked about deeds, he talked about words. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse number eight, and I got to go back to number seven. I didn't put that in my notes. No, go back to number seven. Stay right there. What? Look at this. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is not a fable. This is not something made up. Matter of fact, if you cross-reference this, and this is not even in my notes, you can go to Psalms chapter 1, how it talks about this is another thing about being connected to the vine. Psalms chapter 1, where it talks about that Blessed is the person that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of the sinner or sit in the seat of the unscornful. He's talking about not hanging around dead branches, dead vines, dead people that do not care. Verse number two, and we shall meditate on the Lord day and the night, connected, remaining to the vine. Verse number three, and you shall be like a tree Plant it where? Anybody in the crowd know this? By the rivers of water. Life-giving areas. And whatsoever we do shall prosper. 
God is saying, when you want to experience verse number seven, if you want to experience Psalms chapter one, verse three, you got to stay connected. It's going to take sacrifice. You can't go with this person. You can't be there. You got to make sure that you're meditating, not just reading, that you begin to chew, that you begin to digest. When we look at your phone, the Bible app starts to rise up as far as time use and time spent because you're committed to see change. You're committed to see growth and your heart becomes God's heart. And when your heart becomes God's heart, whatsoever you wish, it will be done for you. Oh my God, that's so good. Amen. 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 I am preaching better than y'all are responding. It's available. I know it looks like a long shot. I know it's going to take a little bit of time because when you go through the microwave experience, you expect instant results. But if you study any type of fruit, a plant that produces a tree that produces fruit, the average fruit takes at least three to five years before it starts producing. And you think your walk with the Lord. Your three weeks of faithfulness is going to produce fruit. You got to take time. You got to trust the process. You got to understand that you're committed to him for the long haul. Because when God produces fruit, it is fruit that will remain. It is juicy fruit. You will grow. You will increase. But you got to trust the process. There is a reason. I know when we look at the Gospels, when we look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and we see that 90% of it talks about the three and a half amazing years of Christ, but it was 30 years of being in the crock pot. It was 30 years of going into the temple. It was 30 years of getting up in the third watch between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. of prayer and fasting, making sure he connected to the vine. It is the same person when the disciples, when they asked for a request, they didn't say, show me how to study the Bible. Show me how to heal people. Show me how to teach like you. They said, Lord, Luke chapter 11, Teach us how to pray, because when we pray, we get connected. We see you doing miracles, signs and wonders instantly, but you're going up in the crock pot three to six hours a day, and you're coming out walking on water, and you're coming out changing water to wine, and you're coming out doing signs, miracles, and wonders. Lord, how can we produce this type of juicy fruit. Verse number eight. We're getting ready to close. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Stay right there. Stay right there. Much fruit. God does not want us to just have a little bit of fruit. God does not want us to have no fruit. And you can have no fruit and go to heaven, but you'll experience hell on earth. You can have a little bit of fruit. You can just have some bananas, 
And God says there's grapes, there's grapefruit, there's apples, there's oranges, there's all of these things at your disposal when you get connected. Because I can do all things through you. If you allow me, if you surrender your heart to me, I will show you great and mighty things. Again, verse number eight, get this in your spirit. This is for the Father's glory. This is what he desires for us to live a life for him, to bring him glory as his creation, as his beings. And when we give him glory, there is much fruit, fruit that will remain, fruit that's not room enough to contain, that others will come and taste and see. And when we create more fruit, we're showing ourselves to be his disciples. Again, what type of fruit are you producing? As I said at the beginning, are you a fan or are you a follower of Christ? Again, we can do nothing without him. God is looking for more followers. He has enough fans. Are you a fan or are you a follower? See, fans choose to eat the fruit. Followers bears the fruit. Fans sits in the crowds. Fans sits on the sidelines. Followers gets in the game. Followers have their pads on, have their equipment on, and say, as soon as you're ready, put me in, coach. I got your back. Just like Isaiah said, send me, I'll go. Fans have only experienced the hands of God. Followers knows the heart of God. Fans have only experienced the hand. Followers knows his mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. They have the heart of God because they've been connected. And just getting the hands, that's just a byproduct of rolling with him. So no convictions, no judgment, just love. How's your walk with Christ? If we look at your walk, are you, are you producing no fruit. If we look at your walk, are you producing some fruit? If you look at your walk, are you producing more fruit? So I don't care wherever you are. I'm challenging you today. Everybody, the part of DCC Nation, to join us tomorrow for a Focus Fast. Monday, October 5th through Wednesday, October 7th, we are going to fast as a church. We're going to do it because we're committed. We're going to do it because we want to be cleansed. We want to do it because we want to get connected to Christ. We believe that God can do a new thing during the end of this year. So join me 
as I said, we're doing it because it's right. We're doing it because we desire to have his heart. Yes, there are people that are maybe complaining and say, oh, we got to go 21 days. It doesn't take all of that. We're going for quality over quantity. I want you to join us. This is not a time to complain, but this is time for us to get focused. Three days, as Pastor Virginia preached about four weeks ago about Esther, a three-day fast that saved the whole nation that was about to get killed. There are people, there are things going on in America that if we do not get on our post, we're going to have some challenges. Three days, Jesus was in the grave and he resurrected. Three days, let's get focused. Three days, get one thing each day to go before the Lord, to continue to pray, to continue to meditate on it and believe God in this process. I'm not promising instant results but for some you will get it and some it will be done in increments you begin to start the process again where you're feeling dead and you begin to come back to life a fast what is it just to simplify we are pushing away the plate we're making a sacrifice for some it's a total fast you're drinking waters for others it is a daniel fast fruits and vegetables. And for other people, you may have restrictions or you maybe have not done a fast. This is your time to make a commitment. Give up something for him and that works. Give up something for him and that works. Push away the plate. During these three days, we're pushing it away the plate. We're pushing aside entertainment and a lot of things that consume our time because we are ready as a church to produce more fruit. While I know it's been a challenge for us not to be here today, but I believe what the enemy meant for bad, we're gonna turn it around for good. We're gonna get focused. We're gonna make this commitment as the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 11, that without faith, it is impossible for us to please God. I know this may be inconvenience. I apologize if it's anybody's birthday. The Lord still loves you. Three days, we make a commitment for him. Three days, God said he will reward those who diligently seek him. This is the way we start with our root inspection, going before the Lord with the fast, and we as a church we as a body will experience juicy fruit. Stand to your feet. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> I know today was a challenging word. It challenges me to take posture and to see in my life, am I producing enough fruit? It makes me think, Lord, is there more? Can it get better? Can I still be prosperous and make change in the midst of this pandemic? I know your answer is yes, and you're looking for more followers to say yes. For those under the sound of my voice, I pray for a new commitment in their walk with Christ to be more like you, for us to be true disciples, for us to bear fruit, to change and impact the world. For your words said there are few laborers, but the harvest is plentiful. 
I pray as a church, while we're not meeting together in this building, that we continue to touch and impact the community, that we begin to become a part of the vine, that it shows that it's displayed in our impact, that it's displayed in our integrity, and that it will reproduce our influence. So Lord, I thank you that we're able to yield results, that we're able to produce fruit in this season. Lord, I come into agreement with everyone that desires to produce fruit. During this time of fasting, Lord, I pray that you give supernatural strength to be able to endure, to be able to sustain. And for those that are experiencing during the three days, a time of pruning, a time of cutting, allow them to see, know, and hear that less is more. Just like John the disciple said, I must decrease so that you can increase. Lord, I pray that elevation takes place in our church, that we will remain during this season. We will grow in this season. And during this time, we will not go weary in well-doing, that we can reap a harvest that can change and impact this city one life at a time. Allow us to be the example on our social media, in our text messages, in our calls, that we are a people that are abiding in you, that we are a people that are connected to you, and we are a people that desires to be more like you. So Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. Lord, we thank you for those that are coming together, doing their Bible study, having their time of prayer, having their commitment, to surrender our life. And I thank you, Lord, as we move into next week, that during the fast that our hearts will become pure and purified before you, that we will be changed. I believe in the name of Jesus for 90 days of glory, that we begin to live a life that are honorable and pleasing to you, that our family will be changed, that our children will be changed, that those that will be able to contact you will see the fruit of your spirit, to be able to see love, peace, kindness, joy, long-suffering, meekness, because of a heart that's connected to you. We thank you in advance for all of the wonderful things and blessings that you have come. And we are grateful that the best is yet to come for your people of diversity. And all that agree, say amen and amen and amen. Pastor Drew, come on up here and close this out, buddy. Amen. What an amazing, inspiring, awesome word from our pastor. Amen. I hope that you were uh, encouraged. I hope that you were you were enlightened. Uh, I hope that you were challenged today, if anything. Where are you rooted at? Where are your roots at? Where are you planted at? Are you willing to be pruned? I know I am. I pray that um, that not only that uh, you receive something from this today, but uh, you take this and you use it this week, next week, and the weeks to come. Join us next week. We'll be right back here at 1030. Make sure you stay tuned. Uh, in the meantime, throughout the week, check out the DCC uh, Facebook page for all the upcoming events. Uh, encouragement through this fast because we need prayer through the fast. Encourage each other. And as always, we love you. God loves you. And we will see you next week.